you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 95 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and the Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Uh, Yuck. Gross. Ew. Vomit hate this but the Boston Celtics are down three games to one to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals after losing 112 to 109 which could mean Friday night could be the last time the Boston Celtics play until 2021 think about that for a second because Adam Silver said the other day that most likely the next season won't start until January but with that being said this one stung yeah and like I wasn't really angry until about the fourth quarter, but like I just didn't feel comfortable like at all during this game, like at all. I I didn't feel comfortable at all. And if anything sounds differently, if anything, if you hear like random things, I am in South Carolina right now at my best friend's house in his man town recording this while everyone in his household is asleep. So hopefully the acoustics are good uh, because the mood is not. But the Celtics shot the ball better. Percentage-wise from the field, they shot better percentage-wise from three. They actually made more threes. The Heat won the battle at the free throw line. The Celtics got more rebounds. They got more offensive rebounds. They had more assists. They had more blocks. But they had 19 turnovers compared to the Heat's eight. And I swear to God that was the difference in the game because the Miami Heat had 17 points off of Boston Celtics turnovers and the Celtics only had nine. That's a big difference, a huge difference. That's almost basically a point, a turnover. And if you, let's say you take down five or six of those turnovers, and now you only at 14 or 15 turnovers, that's less points off turnovers, and you might be 2-2 going into game five on Friday night. Very disappointing. So let's try and break down this game, even though my soul is broken. Uh, but right away, I love the second possession from the Celtics in this game. You know, they drove the kick. That didn't work. You drive and kick again, they get a good shot, and it works. But it kind of then stung right after they did that a couple minutes later because Jalen Brown picked up his second foul, and I think that was within the first five minutes. And he is so important to the Celtics' defense because he can cover multiple positions, as we've talked about many times before. And he still played the entire first quarter, which was great, but he you could notice that he took kind of a step off. There were a couple times where Bam Adebayo would go up for a jump hook, and Jalen just stayed on his feet instead of jumping up and trying to block a shot, which, you know, you could say is a smart thing to do, but you also don't want to give Bam Adebayo some easy baskets, especially for, for I believe, 
the second straight night, or maybe even the third straight game, or what I meant to say, not second straight night, but second straight game, he's dropped 20 and 10. I'm pretty sure he's dropped 20 and 10, I think, in three out of the four games in the series. I could be wrong, but it's definitely at least two now. But it obviously helped that Jimmy Butler came out very aggressive from the start. The Miami Heat were definitely trying to find them the Kemba mismatch. They knew that they could throw Kemba on Duncan Robinson, so Duncan Robinson would come over and set a screen, and then that would be a switch, and then Jimmy Butler would just bully his way down into the paint, and he got a lot of free throws early. I think he actually took like six free throws in the first quarter, and that obviously helped him get into a groove. He finished with 24 points. He had nine rebounds, three assists. Very good game from him. He shot 40% from the field, but the thing that was frustrating about Jimmy Butler starting to get going, I don't know if it was Smart that made that decision or if it was Jimmy, um, or if it was Brad Stevens who made that decision. Basically, Marcus Smart went off of Drogic, put him on Butler, and then Drogic started getting going, which is what you don't want to happen because he finished with 22 points and five, uh, five rebounds, three assists, and he shot three of nine from the field. You don't want him to get going, and once he did, the Heat went on a 7-0 run, and now you got to call a timeout and figure some things out. But after that timeout, the Heat went small, and I did like how the Time Lord came in early with the the Heat's small lineup. Cantor would have gotten smoked. They didn't really. See, I don't think Kelly Olynyk played in this game at all, if I remember correctly. So, it, I don't know. Time Lord did do a good job. He really did. He recovered on pick and rolls pretty well. He did some of the little things that are not showing up on the stat sheet. He brought some energy to the team. He kind of changed the way that the Heat moved the ball, changed their offense, took changed the type of shots that they should or would have taken. He got it. He knows when they're going to dump a pass off to Bam or whether it was Iguodala or Crowder off of their pick and roll sets, whatever the case may be. I thought he did a good job, especially in the third quarter. He was part of that squad, and which we'll talk about in a little bit, that helped the Celtics get the lead from 12 to, I think, 2 or maybe even 1 heading into the fourth quarter. But some other things from the first quarter that I noticed, like Kemba kept the Celtics alive in that first quarter. He dropped a good chunk of his points then. I don't know how many points he actually did drop in that first quarter. Maybe I can find out real quick. We can see. But the other good player from the Miami Heat, uh, for the Boston Celtics, I mean, was Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, you could argue, was the Celtics' best player. He really and truly was. <laughs> um, I, like, I wish I was kidding, but he is—he was literally the Celtics' best player in that first quarter with the dumb fouls that he took, uh, the dumb catch-and-shoot shots that he took, which were absolutely ridiculous. Like, they were just so, so, so dumb. And I, I don't know. I don't understand how the Celtics don't attack him every single time they're going to the basket. I really and truly don't. It actually borderline drives me crazy. Let's see here. Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker in the first quarter had nine points, and he finished with 21. Uh, no, 20. So that means for the other three quarters, he basically got 10 points, which is ridiculous. He only took 14 shots. Marcus Smart took 12, which is uh, – we'll talk about that in a little bit. Trust me. Obviously, with Kemba getting the team going, that's a good thing. With Duncan Robinson playing so poorly and helping out the Celtics in a lot of dumb ways, that was obviously a good thing. Butler and Drogic didn't go too crazy in that first quarter, but it also didn't help that Gordon Hayward definitely missed some open shots. I don't know if it's rust, but with that being said, let me just congratulate Gordon, his wife Robin, and their entire family for bringing a newborn into the world, Gordon Theodore Hayward. So 
Gordon Hayward Jr., basically. There's debate going on about if they're going to call him GT or if they're going to call him Theo. But either way, congratulations to them, and thank you, Robin, for letting Gordon stay down in the bubble. Hopefully we'll make it worth it for him and come back from this 3-1 deficit. So with that being said, Gordon did miss some shots early, and it also didn't help that Tatum missed a lot of shots early. I mean, Hayward had some wide-open looks. Tatum, I don't know was just kind of like, yeah, hey, we're here, we're playing basketball, it is what it is, it was just like, hey, I don't want to be here, and it was it was really terrible, and it didn't help the Celtics at all that he started off 0-6 from the field, it was brutal, it was absolutely brutal, borderline terrible, if we're going to be honest, Jason Tatum go, only took one shot in the second quarter, one, one shot, folks, that's not good, Jason Tatum can't be taking one shot a quarter, that's not going to win you any basketball game in any way, shape, or form. So then going into the second quarter, you know, I'm feeling, to be honest with you, I'm feeling okay because it was just like we're only down one. Tatum hasn't scored. Hayward missed some shots. Jalen had a nice first quarter like he always does. So you could, it could have been a lot worse. And then Tyler Hero started to get going, and that's what drove me nuts. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, the kid who was drafted right before Romeo Langford. Unbelievable. Believable. He went off again. He went off again. And I understand why Brad tried to do what he did. And basically what that was was it was Tatum, Tice, and then some bench guys. Because usually that's how Tatum kind of keeps the Celtics in the game or expands their lead, really gets Tatum going. But it backfired. It didn't get going at all. And I don't know. I don't know if it was just because of how poorly Tatum played or the energy Tatum was giving off. Like I felt like I could feel Tatum's energy coming off the television of just blah. Ugh, I don't want to be here. Is the bubble over yet? Can someone pop the bubble? Like, and it. To be honest with you, it didn't feel like a playoff game. It really and truly didn't. To me, it did not feel like a playoff game in any single way, shape, or form. It didn't. And to be honest with you, it was kind of annoying because I I feel like that's why I'm not furious about this loss. Like I have been. Like I am pissed, but I'm not like fucking pissed. Like I have been. Like after the, some of the Raptors games and stuff. It, I don't know. It was just like a blah game all around. But the Celtics continue, like thinking about it, continue to be the worst fast break basketball team in the history of basketball. Like there should be a new corner of the Naismith Hall of Fame down in Springfield, Massachusetts about the worst fast break team of man in, in ever. Like, I, I'm i stuttering because I'm trying to think of an analogy, but I can't. It's the worst ever. I mean, sure, they scored seven points on fast break points. The Heat only scored eight, but that's not like the Heat's game. But there was one point where they had a four and two fast break. It led to two shots, not one, and they actually missed both shots. It was unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. But the other thing that was really unbelievable that really scratched your head, minus the Celtics fast breaks, was the fact that Brad Stevens, who's usually good on challenges, you know, and what I mean by that is I feel like he makes good decisions on when to call him and when not to call him. But this time he absolutely blew it. So Gordon Hayward uh, leans into Gordon Dragic, gets just gets a f- absolute forearm or really a bicep to the chin. He falls backward. Dragic makes a ridiculous shot. It bounced once or twice and went in. Shooters bounce, you name it. And he challenged that call. But a procession or two before that, Tyler Hero was running down the floor. Marcus Smart jumped from point A to point B, 
arms straight up, never touched Hero, and that actually put Marcus Smart at his third foul heading into the second half. That's not a good idea. Gordon, that was his first or second. Like, if you've survived without Marcus Smart, why why are you challenging a Gordon Hayward thing? Like, I understand the Butler boys, and it's cute and adorable and all, but, like, why are you doing that? I, I don't understand that. Like, Smart eventually did fall out, and I'm not saying if Marcus Smart didn't fall out with six seconds left, the Celtics are going to win that game. No. But why are you challenging that one that was obvious versus the one where it might have been able to go both ways? To me, that's fascinating to me. So Gordon Hayward goes to the free throw line, if I remember correctly. Sorry, this is just super fresh. Usually I rewatch the game before I do the podcast. But it, yeah, Hayward ties up the game with at 40 with about three and a half minutes to go in the third. And, and you're feeling good. And then the next four Celtics possessions were a miss three, a miss three, a Jalen Brown backdoor layup, which was a very nice pass from Marcus Smart, and then another miss three. And then during that time, the Heat went on a little bit of a run, and the Celtics ended the first half five, six points down. But you know what was even worse than that? Being five or six points down after playing that crappy? The Celtics had eight turnovers in the second quarter. Eight. Guess how many field goals they made in the second quarter? Eight. Eight. Eight turnovers and eight made field goals? Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. That is not how you win basketball games. You might be able to sneak by a regular season game in January against the Minnesota Timberwolves or something, but that ain't happening. That ain't happening. So you're down, you know, six, seven, eight, whatever the case may be, going into the third quarter. And it was only it was only the second time the Celtics have not led at halftime for the entire playoffs. Think about that for a second. It is only the second time the Celtics have not led going into halftime the entire playoffs. There was a four-game series against the 76ers. There was a seven-game series against the Toronto Raptors. So now we're at 11 games, and this is game four of this series. So literally, that's 15 games. So 13 out of 15 games they have led going into halftime, or going into the third quarter, I should say. And this one, th- this this was the one. You Out of all the games, this was the one you were going to do it for? Unbelievable. And then oh, Daniel Tice to start that third quarter. He really pissed me off. I understand Bam Adebayo is a very good basketball player. I understand he's very talented in different aspects of the game. He's very physical. He's very strong. You name it. But when Bam Adebayo gets the ball at the corner, well, mid-corner, Outside the three-point line, you do not go up to him and guard him like Marcus Smart would guard James Harden because he's smart enough to blow by you and your feet aren't quick enough to pick up another foul. Hey, Daniel Tice, we kind of need you in the game. And luckily, that was Daniel Tice's only foul in the game, which blows my mind that Daniel Tice only finished with one foul with Tony Brothers and Scott Foster officiating. That's wild. Absolutely wild. But Daniel Tice has to be smarter than that. He really does. And I swear to God, after that, the Celtics barely showed any effort in those first six minutes of the third quarter. And it started when the Heat got, what, four, maybe three, maybe four shots in one possession, like three offensive rebounds. And I think it happened twice in the fourth quarter, too. But just awful lack of effort. I understand Bam Adebayo is a freak of nature. I get it. But 
There is no reason that Gordon Drogic, Jimmy Butler, maybe I'll give you a pass, but there's no reason that Gordon Drogic, Duncan Robinson, uh, oh man, what's his name? Andre Iguodala. Like, no need for those guys to get offensive rebounds. Like, the Heat as a team got 10 offensive rebounds. You got 12. Literally, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo got 7 out of those 10. So, I don't know. Maybe find out where the fuck they are and box them out and do everything you can. And if Duncan Robinson gets an offensive rebound, so be it. But, like, Jesus Christ, don't let two of the two, if not their two best players, get offensive rebounds in multiple, like, multiple times in a row on the same goddamn possession. But luckily, luckily, it didn't really help the Heat at all. Oh, I feel like there's, like, a scent thing that's being sprayed in here. It's actually very nice. Maybe it's actually bringing me back to life because I feel like my soul has been taken from me after that game. Oh, yeah, that does smell nice. I wonder what it's called. All right, anyways, um... I'm not sorry about that, by the way. I needed a good distraction because I felt like I was getting angry. But that that offensive rebound set where like they got 14 million offensive rebounds, the Heat didn't score. And so I felt like that was good. Uh, and luckily, right after that, the Time Lord, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum lineup, they kind of got going. It helped Jason Tatum get cooking. There was good ball movement. There were good shots. And... I really felt like Tatum attacked their zone. I feel like they let Tatum just float, just kind of run around and let him find a spot, and it was great. And sometimes when he found a spot, he would take a jumper, and that was a good shot. Other times he realized, okay, it's not my spot. I got a defender on me like Jay Crowder. I thought he did a very good job with Jay Crowder. Every single time he saw Jay Crowder on him, he would try to attack the rim and get fouled because Jay Crowder cannot defend, and he is physical. So I kind of loved that. So that I loved. But I didn't love how Jason Tatum was running in and out of screens. I feel like Jason Tatum and some of the other Celtics players weren't running into screens properly. There's different ways you can run into screens when someone's sitting there. You can run over, you can run under, or you can kind of just stop in your place and hopefully someone hedges. If the guy who's setting the screen rolls, then you can slide over. So that's a, like, but Tatum just literally just ran directly into who, who was ever setting the screen, which I think was Bam out of bio. And that was stupid because that was Tatum's fourth foul. And you need Tatum, who's one of the better two-way players in the league, both on offense and defense, to be as aggressive as possible on defense. And that ain't it. That ain't it. Nope, nope, nope. But the thing that really drove me nuts in the third quarter is, like, I swear to God, and in the fourth quarter too, is that the Heat were just running the same play over and over and over and over and over again. You know, they start out with a double screen for a shooter. If that doesn't work, the shooter catches it. Then he's in a situation with the pick and roll with Bam out of bio. If they find Bam out of bio in the pick and roll, whether it's with a lob or an entry pass, a bounce pass, whatever the case may be, if that doesn't work, who, whoever set one of the first two screens for the shooter then floats over to the corner and they get the ball because they either skip it or, you know, bounce pass it over, good chest pass, whatever the case may be. Super basic fundamentals. And then if that doesn't work, another pick comes up. And if Jimmy Butler's the one who was in the corner and gets another screen, he can either A, attack the basket better than probably anyone else on the floor, B, find Bam out of bio, or C, take one of his classic foul line jumpers. 
and they were it was just the same play. Now I understand there's like four, five, maybe even six options in that type of an offensive set. I said it in the series preview. They love to run a motion offense. They just go, 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 go. And I understand there's a lot of options, but like you gotta figure that out. You gotta, you gotta communicate better. You gotta figure it out. So, luckily the Celtics, you know, were down 12 and they didn't quit this time. I wish they didn't quit the entire third quarter, but they did in the first six minutes. But they finally came back to life. They finally showed some heart and they got the lead down to one. So, you're going into the fourth quarter and you're feeling good. You can't play much worse than you did in the first half, right? But then all of a sudden, the first five minutes of the game, or the, the game, the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, guess what? Five turnovers. Five freaking turnovers. You have to be kidding me. Unbelievable. Five turnovers in five minutes. Guess what they did in the third quarter? They had one turnover and eight assists. One turnover in 12 minutes, and then you come back and you give me five turnovers in five minutes? That's fucking awful. Awful. You have to be kidding me. You can't be that lazy with the basketball. Like, for example, Jimmy Butler came in, and usually when Jimmy Butler's in the game and the Heat play their 2-3 zone, he's up top. And Andre Iguodala was in because they went a little bit bigger and a little bit longer to be physical. Tatum gets the ball right outside the three-point line, kind of, you know, in the corner and a little bit above the elbow. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think it was, was it on that side or was it on the other side? No, it was on Iggy's side. And he tries to just, you know, Lob it in there. Easy steal for Andre Andre Iguodala. Super easy steal. Not an issue at all. Like, so lazy, so dumb. Then you have Daniel Tice who catches the ball at the elbow, which you're saying to yourself, oh, okay, that's pretty good. That's, That's what you're supposed to do with the zone. He could have taken the shot. He was wide open. I don't mind Daniel Tice elbow jumpers. I'll take those. If he misses them, maybe get a long rebound. But instead, he panicked, looked over, saw Kemba, and then threw it over, and Jimmy Butler was there and stole it. So again, people, like, (sighs) that drives me nuts. And then Marcus Smart, another way to attack the zone is to drive, and he did. And then Gordon Haywood's right there, and what does he do? Passes it to his feet. So lazy, so stupid. And I understand Marcus Smart had a nice game. He had 11 assists, you know, but four turnovers. That's, That's not great. But, like, you cannot have eight turnovers, I'm I'm sorry, eight assists and one turnover in one quarter and then come back and literally have five turnovers in the first five minutes of the fourth quarter. That's unbelievable. You realize that, right? Like you honestly can't think there and just go, oh yeah, you know, it's not bad. No, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Celtics had seven turnovers in the fourth quarter seven seven turnovers it's literally like an assist ever i mean a turnover every 90 seconds how do you do that and here's the other thing that i don't get tyler hero decided that he was going to be the greatest player ever and he went off he absolutely went off and I swear to God, he only likes to play well in even quarters. He went crazy in the second, and he went crazy in the fourth, and he was really nowhere to be found in the first or the third. So, like, I don't get it. He he only plays well in even quarters. So if the game went into single overtime, we would have been fine. But if it, would have, if it went into double overtime, which technically would have been the sixth quarter, he would have went off. 
But it, like it, it didn't matter whether Kemba was on him, Marcus was on him, Jalen was on him. Whether it was a three point shot, a euro step, a drive to the basket, get into the free throw line, a step back, he hit them all. The thirteenth pick, the guy who was picked in front of Lo- Romeo Langford, who is now out for the regular season because he has to get wrist surgery, and now Brad Stevens also states that it could be for some of next season too. But what a great pick. What a great pick it was. But the part of the game that really threw me off my chair, like when I got angry, Celtics were, I believe, down two, maybe down three. I'll let you pick or choose which one you like better. But Marcus Smart pulled up for a three with like four minutes to go. Maybe five. No, it was with four minutes to go, if not less. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're one of seven from three before that point. He finished one of eight from three overall. You're one of seven from three. You have 11 assists. Read the room, figure it out, and realize, oh my God, I'm better at passing tonight than I am shooting. He clanked it. Heat, go down, score a hoop, and expand their lead. Terrible. What a dumb shot. What a dumb shot. And that dumb shot led the Heat to go on a 9-3 run due to dumb, lazy, awful, non-energetic plays, passes, rebounds, whatever the case may be. Now, if you want to go ahead and blame uh, Brad Stevens, fine. Go right ahead. But everything that he asked the Celtics to do, every single time they did it, it worked. Now, does that mean Brad's not getting across to the players? I don't know. We can talk about that when the season's over. Okay? But... Really just not how you respond after a great game three and with basically your season on the line. So the three things that I was looking for from episode 94 heading into game four was ball movement. The Celtics had 28 assists. That's what I've been wanting all series. And they did that in game three. But 19 turnovers is not going to cut it at all because the Heat are good and they'll like they did in this game, 17 points off and 19 turnovers. The other thing I was looking for is keep Bam off the boards. I mean, they won the rebound battle again overall and offensive rebounds as well, This that being the Celtics. And Bam out of bio got 12 boards, and you know what? Fine, so be it. But Jimmy Butler had nine, so between the two of them, they had half of the Heat's rebound and 70% of their offensive rebounds. So again... Find Jimmy Butler and find Bam Adebayo or Bam Adebayo and box him up. And then finally, get easy shots. Easy shots come from good ball movement, and you had 60 points in the paint in Game 3, and you only had 38 in Game 4. Awful. 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 Terrible. So, five things you need to do with the game, with the series, with your season on the line. Number one, trust your teammates. I don't know if the bubble has made these guys dislike each other or not, but this is not the time to be a drama queen. Figure it out. Figure it out. Number two, trust Brad Stevens' system. I understand some people are upset with it. You have every right to be upset with it. I just also think that sometimes players have to be part of the blame too. If the coach says do this and they don't do that, sometimes it's the player's fault, okay? But the players have to trust the fact that Brad Stevens' system has got them to three Eastern Conference Finals in the last four years. Okay? Now, maybe Brad Stevens isn't the guy that's going to lead them to the promised land. I think he can. I just think this team is very young and they just need a good little punch in the face of reality. 
because when they were 19 or 20, when they first were in the Eastern Conference Finals, they didn't know what the hell to do. They were just blinded and with everything that was going on. But after this, there's going to be no more excuses if they lose this series. Going into the next season, it is Eastern Conference Finals or NBA Finals or bust. Whatever happens. Okay? Number three, limit the turnovers. And you limit the turnovers with better ball movement and you care about every pass instead of being lazy and being just like, blah. Okay? Thank you. Number four, attack Bam. It looks like he got really hurt. And I don't want to see Bam out of bio get hurt. He's a great talent. He's fantastic. I love watching him play basketball, unless it's against the Boston Celtics. I, I would kill for Bam Adebayo to be on the Boston Celtics. He was, he's that big man we've always wanted. And I understand maybe Time Lord can get there, but right now Time Lord ain't there. So attack Bam Adebayo, make him feel uncomfortable, and box him the fuck out, for the love of God. And maybe try and get him in foul trouble too, maybe. And number five, care. Don't quit at all. This team... This city, the organization, doesn't quit. Don't make it the first time it's happened. Don't do it. And that's it for episode number 95 of the Banner Branch Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Sorry about the mood. You know, I'm in a different state. Never recorded in here before. So my usual setup's not here, so I'm thrown off a little bit. But I will be in Texas on Friday night, hopefully watching a victory in-game uh, what is game five? Yeah, right. Yeah, game five, and then I'll be even in a different setup. So it could be really dark on Saturday, or it could be fun and energetic, and maybe some of my friends will join me if they win. But thank you so much for listening again. And like I said, you could find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter eighteen, or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And I think that's it. So yeah, uh, Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Please win. Game five. Thanks. Bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.